Hey everyone. Welcome to the Squad Pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog. All right, people, welcome to another Squad Pod. I'm your host, Troy Dog. And yes, it really is me, Troy Dog. Uh, I think last night I finally went through puberty. I've been waiting for this to happen my whole life. So I'm very, very happy with the results of my my voice this morning. I woke up and I can do like baritone now. I think that's what it's called. I've never had my voice this deep before. So I'm very excited for the possibilities for this in my broadcasting career. Um, Very cool. So bear with me here uh, as I figure out my new voice. Uh, I'm going to throw a lozenge in real quick. Good as new. All right, well, welcome to the show. This week I have a really cool guest. And he and I have been DMing back and forth a couple months now. It is Star Racing Yamahas, well, former Star Racing Yamahas, former KTM Orange Brigade rider, Matt LeBlanc. Not the actor. The rider. Uh, Former rider. He's uh, taking a break from the sport now, as you'll see. But I had to catch up with him to see what he was up to these days. And he's got a cool little gig going on at home. So um, stay tuned for that later on. It's a good conversation. I like doing these uh, catch-up-with-guys-that-you-haven't-heard-from-in-a-while. It's a good good opportunity for them to come on. And, you know, when, when these guys disappear, that's it. You know, and if you don't catch up with them, then you're just like, well, what happened to that guy? Well, I'm trying to do more of those these days, and uh, they seem to be a pretty good hit. So Matt LeBlanc's going to share his story with us later on. Um, looking forward to that. But first, let's do some segments here. Let's pump up the future verb races. Future stop of the shred tour is coming up. Yeah, man, it's September. It's the best weather of the year. Racing in in the fall time is the best. And Verb Moto is here to bring you two more shred tours for the year. We have the Verb Moto Top Gun Showdown. On October 13th through 15th. You know where that is. Muddy Creek Raceway. Tennessee. I love that place. And in the fall time, it's going to be awesome. Nice crisp cold air. Good times. Dirt bikes. Some some campfires. Just good stuff all the way around. And then also, our California tracks uh, to visit. We got... Um, Fox Raceway is going to be hosting the Shredhead event on October 28th through 29th. So I'm looking forward to that. I won't be at any of them, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the East Coast get a race. I keep saying race, but you know, the, the Shred Tour is much more than just a race weekend. It's a lot of fun. It's hot dogs. It's emoto. It's, you know, giveaways. Just all kinds of good vibes. We're, we're there. We got we sell merch. Get yourself a Verb Moto t-shirt. Tell Wes that he needs to make Troy Dog official t-shirts. He will not. But if there's a high demand for him, he probably will. So um, look forward to Muddy Creek Raceway and Fox Raceway hosting the next two rounds of the Shred Tours. And then stay tuned because the 2024 schedule should be out soon. I'm hearing, so good stuff coming up with the Shred Tours. All right, so when you're a squad elite athlete of the Troy Dog squad, you get uh, you get more promotion than anybody from me. So what I've been doing with these playoffs, if you tune in last week, I just kind of go over everyone's results and just point them out, even though if they didn't have the weekend they'd like. Um, it's okay, we have another... Another weekend coming up with the LA Coliseum, triple points. We can save the playoffs this weekend. So, uh, playoff two, Chicago Land. We'll start out with the uh, 250 class here. Hunter Yoder went 21 16 for 19th overall. Now, Yoder, he was actually very excited with the way he rode in that second moto, at least. he's uh, He didn't really get to prep too much for these races. 
didn't really know he'd be able to do them, but he's in, and he said that on Friday, I believe, the press day, Yoder told me that's the fastest he's gone in quite some time. He's making some progress, and he's looking forward to ending the year on a strong note at the LA Coliseum and heading into Supercross 24 uh, on next level for him. So looking forward to what we can build with Yoder next year. This year we kind of signed him late to the squad, but I think we can really build something really cool with Yoder next year. So I got some ideas. We're going to be building on that. So it's cool. Cool deal. Uh, Derek Kelly. Man, I feel for DK. He's so fast, and this this, uh, this outdoor season hasn't gone the way he wanted it to. You know, he, we had him on the pod a couple months ago. He explained his crashes, his injuries he's had since Supercross. But, man, he's hanging tough. Um, he had another crash in the LCQ this week, so he didn't qualify through to the main motos. But uh, DK, uh, home state race coming up this week, this weekend. And I think he'll make it for sure. And I'm looking for good things from Derek to end the season. And he's back at AEO Power Sports KTM. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that, but he'll be back with the same team for the third third year in a row. So I I don't think he'll leave the squad for next year. I think we'll just stay the same program and we'll sign DK to another another season. If we don't, it's because of him. Just, I'm going to put that out there. All right. 450 class. Hard dog, Grant Harlan. Went 20-17 for 18th overall. We've decided that that is not Grant Harlan riding the bike, and it's actually Graham Harlan who's been riding for these playoffs. He's not riding like himself. We don't know why. So, he's looking for redemption this weekend on a very cool LA Coliseum track. But Graham Harlan, hopefully we've seen the last of him in Chicago. Shane McElrath, I really hope this is not the last race that you run the T-Dog sticker. Foggy Llama's been tagging me in some amazing uh, reels and vlogs on Instagram, and I enjoy it. It's fun. So... Let's work, let's agree to terms here. But he went seventeen twenty one for twentieth. Uh, Shane's probably not happy with that, knowing him. But he'll keep going. I I know he's searching for more. Look, this is the playoffs. The best of the best is going out for a ton of money. The fact that we're even in there is is incredible. I know these guys have higher expectations than I do. But guys, you're in the playoffs, so, you know, descend it. We're, we're trying to make some extra money here that we haven't even had in this sport. So, let's do it, you know. Final round, triple points. Oh, and Justin Starling wasn't there. I think he's in for LA Coliseum this week. I don't think, I know. He's going to be there. So, on his Honda, he's going to be in there. And uh, looking forward to seeing how he can end the year with a little more extra cash in his pocket. All right, that's the squad elite results for the week. We'll be back next week for another rundown of that. So, you know what's next? The Guts Racing Power Rankings are next. We love Andy, Greg, and the folks over at Guts. They've been uh, strong supporters of the Power Rankings since the inception. For 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your rent on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam no matter what you ride. Use the promo code VERB20 at checkout to save everybody. They have 17 colors now of seat available. Um, seat colors, you can put them anywhere on your bike. Customize your seat. It's the grippiest seat in the world. It's the chosen seat for Rockstar Husqvarna and Hep Suzuki, to name a few. So uh, RJ Hampshire and Dustin Pipes have chosen Guts Racing. And you should too. I don't know why those two are my go-to on that. I mean, Jalik Swole obviously loves them too. So, you know, if, if Swole's your guy, he loves 
goes to racing too. So that's just me. But just grab yourself a seat and some merch and use the code VERB20 to save. Thanks. All right, on to power rankings this week. Number one, Kenny Roxon is number one this week because uh, he was number one at, in Moto2 at Chicagoland. Uh, no matter which way you cut it, Kenny won the second moto, whether if it was given or however it was going to go down at the end of that race. We don't know. We got robbed. I vented about it in my five things column this week. You know, it's just, you know, Jack got a written warning, which is great. I mean, it's a written warning. I mean, okay, if you do it next time, maybe something different will happen, but hopefully this doesn't happen again. So, like, nobody waves anybody else on. But either way you look at it, Kenny was on it in the second moto, and it gave Hep another moto win. So you got to love it. But uh, Kenny is getting... He just... Man, it was good. Like, to see him win again and charging like that, it was good. And they got something really working well right now. And he still has a shot at winning the entire playoffs. So, I mean, he's third. He's, like, 10 points back, I think. It's, this is going to be good, especially if he rides how he did in the second moto. Good job, Kenny. Good win. Number two, LA Coliseum. I have a 1989 Supercross Series uh, VHS tape that my dad recorded at least most of the rounds of 89 on it. Uh, for me, I watched it as soon as I knew what motocross was. I watched it over and over and over again. I couldn't recite the commercials. I can recite some of the biggest action from Larry Myers. I can recite the 125 action, just everything. Him, uh, Larry Myers, Larry Myers and Gary Bailey were the announcers, and I can just pretty much go word for word. I love that that tape, and I still have it. I think at home somewhere in storage. But LA Coliseum was one race that uh, I really liked growing up. It was, you know, you go up in the peristyle, you couldn't go over the the football field at that point. So you had to go around the stadium. It was a weird kind of setup for a track. It it was just cool to me. I don't know why, but we're returning back to LA Coliseum. Lots of uh, history there. I think they've celebrated their 100th birthday for the Coliseum, which is amazing for a sports facility. A Coliseum like that. It's pretty cool. USC still plays there. If they ever, they need to turn it into a national monument if it hasn't already, because LA Coliseum has seen so much history, and I'm for it. So LA Coliseum, we're back. We're going to the Peristyles, ready for the next a wave of uh, Supercross memories and history. So LA Coliseum, number two this week, and number three, Jason Wygant, the Weege. What a cool cool deal for Weege. Um, him in the booth, this, these playoffs, he's been the announcer for outdoors since 2009. You know, bias aside, I don't, I mean, we're, we're acquaintances. I've worked for him at Racer X. Uh, Weege does a really good job. He's a true professional at what he does. He could announce paint drying and I'd listen to it. Just kind of grew up watching MX Sports Center to, you know, from 2005 to Listening to Loretta's every year since then, uh, just Wygant has been the voice that I like to listen to when it comes to announcing. So him being on the playoff broadcast has been awesome. I truly think that this is only the beginning for Weege as he continues to climb up the ranks of announcing. And if he's not in the booth, man, it's it's I'll still watch and listen, but him being in there is a huge plus. So good job, Weege. Yeah, I appreciate your professionalism, sir. And that's my shout-outs for the week. You want more? Guts Racing Power Rankings? You gotta go on theverb.com and check out Slaw Dog, Ginger Dog, and I's ranks. We we post um, not just the list on Instagram, but we also, you know, you click the link, you go to the website, we have explanations for why we picked them. So check it out, birdmoto.com, power rankings, guts racing. We're all there. So 
Next up, I wanted to go into this little little mad at you guys on Twitter or X, whatever we call it these days. I put up a a poll the other day. It said, "Who would you rather travel on a plane with? Me or Justin Starling's suspension? That keeps getting lost, okay? I at least made it where I needed to go one time. Starling's suspension gets lost every day. So this is the part that irks me. 69%. Of course, 69%, right? 69% of you chose Starling's suspension that you'd rather fly with. Well, I got a measly 31%. I'm hurt. That hurts, guys. That cuts super deep. It was one time. It was one mistake. I misread the time my plane took off and I was late to the Pulpamac show. Had it ever happened in Pulpamac show history? No. No. I'm the first one to ever miss their flight completely. So, um, I was late. But, you know, I was still made it. I still had a good showing. This was a year ago. Starlink suspension gets lost every day now. He has to fly and go f- track it down before it gets thrown in the trash. But me? You wouldn't want to fly with me? Like, his suspension doesn't even talk. At least I'm here every week grinding on these pods talking to just you guys, but I'm in a room by myself right now talking. I'm carrying the conversation by myself. I've been live for 20 minutes now, almost. And I'm just carrying it, man. Starling suspension. You know what? You know what? I'm going to leave you with this. This is how Starling suspension travels. You ready? You want to sit with that? Just quiet? Nothingness? Okay, man. That's all you. However, some of these, of course, comments on here are pretty funny. Wade Rayner. Shout out to Wade Rayner. He said, I'd rather be late than in a different state, almost in the trash. So he'd pick me. Voice of Drunken People says, considering stalling suspension is apparently on Malaysian Air Flight 370, he picks me. Thank you, Drunken. Clinton Fowler wants to know if I have a tracking tag on me. I mean, we can. I don't know where to put it. But I'd prefer not. R. Mullins, he says both end up lost. So, um, and then Natasha here says, I love how the majority of people voted suspension, crying, laughing emojis. Me too, Natasha. Me too. Oh, and then CMXR just took option C with the, that, that, a picture of the, that person's not real lady that was on a plane a couple months ago and made headlines. So we know you'd take that for sure, bro. We know. We know. All right. That's my ranting for the week. Enjoy the uh, interview with Matt LeBlanc here, actor from Friends, and we'll catch you when it's time for thank yous. My guest is on the line is a six-time Loretta Lynch champ. He's a former KTM Orange Brigade rider, as well as Star Racing. He's Matt LeBlanc. What's up, Matt? What's up? Man, catching up with you. It's uh, We've been trying to do this for a couple months, and we uh, finally linked up. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a prog- uh, process, but we're finally, uh, we're finally here. We made it. Um, so, kind of, I guess the last time we saw you, um, you're not on social media much anymore. Um, last time we saw you, you were racing the outdoors for star racing in 22. Um, just kind of give people an update of what you've been up to and in life and, and, uh, what's kept you busy. Yeah. Um, so last, uh, I did the 22 outdoor season. Um, and then after that, I kind of just decided that I was burnt out and, wanted to move back home and be around family and uh, live a normal life. So after that, I uh, started looking for houses back in Louisiana and looking for a job and said, heck, I'll go buy a Honda and ride for fun and bought that. And that lasted a few weeks. And I was like, dang, I'm kind of just burnt out of riding, period. So I've, uh, I've really just been back home uh fishing working and 
that's about it. So yeah, just completely, um, uh, all, a lot of at once coming up with just racing your whole life and then, um, just kind of got your feet wet in the pro ranks and just was, was kind of over it, huh? Yeah, I, um, I've always kind of been burnt out, but still had fun in ways. And then, uh, even like before I signed with Star, when I was 13, 14 years old, I was kind of debating if I wanted to go back to public school and, and be a normal kid or do something. And then, uh, the Star thing came along. I was like, okay, well, this will be a kind of a revive to, to riding. And it was, um, for a little bit and then i'd say two three years in it, it all started kind of to kick in again after all the injuries and stuff and uh after outdoors my my contract was up and there was a few weeks where i was i was kind of looking around and, and trying to get something and then uh but in the back of my head i, I kind of knew that no matter what I, I wouldn't really be giving it my my full effort so i made the decision that to step back and and uh yeah no that's fair i mean obviously um racing growing up like you did it was pretty pretty heavy and i'm sure um pretty much all your life was dedicated to at uh you know such a young age so um did you like growing up was it just kind of just race 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 and time for nothing else or how was that when I was younger, it was it was definitely race, 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 and then um, by the time I got onto Star, um, it was still a lot of races, but more just like the the nationals. Um, besides that, it was just train, train, train. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, kind of let's go in the Star deal, I guess. Um, you signed as a super mini rider, which they they hadn't done and haven't done since. Um, yep. I mean, that, that was pretty cool. You, you did five years with them total. Um, how did they first approach you? I guess that's where we can start. Um, Bob Reagan first approached me when I was on 65s actually. Uh, but I, at that point I was a little too young for what he wanted. And then he approached me again on, uh, like kind of the beginning of 85s but I was stuck in uh, my contract with KTM. And then once that contract was up, he, uh, he was sitting there waiting. Uh, he's, uh, he's always kind of been at the, at the door knocking, ready to make something happen. And then uh, once I finally got out of KTM, um, yeah, things, things were done. Yeah. He's, he's kind of known for, for going after what he wants, so yeah. When, uh, when he sees somebody he wants, he's uh, that's his, that's his main priority for sure. Right. So you you sign on. Obviously, you take that that deal and go from Orange Brigade to Star. Was that a big learning curve for you? I know that was kind of. I'm trying to remember. Was that when they were buying the farm, or was the farm already there, or when did that come into play? No. So I was I was on Star. Four years before the farm, okay. or three maybe, three or four. Um, I was actually still at MTF at the time, um, and then about a year into Star, I, I moved out to California. Earth, um, stayed there for a few years, and then we moved out to the farm in 2021, I believe. So I had about a full year in Florida, and then, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's been, I mean, it's obviously turned into a powerhouse now with such, you know, with everybody at the track every day, all day, pounding laps. Um, so you, you got to yeah. witness, witness that a little bit, but you kind of were just at MTF doing your own thing for a bit. Yeah, well, on Super Minis, I, I was pretty much at MTF the, the whole time. Uh, at least for about a year, I think. And then I, uh, I think I moved to California when I was, and then lived out there for, I think it was two or three years. And then, um, 
Yeah, and then Florida a year after that. Yeah, so kind of a lot of moving around, and then so so when you get that ride, and then you you stick with them for so many years, um, what's it like for a, like you couldn't even drive when you got the ride? So what was it? Yeah. What was it like growing up in that environment for you? It was really cool. Uh, I had a lot of close relationships with a few people, and then um, it's, it's just cool to be around those guys all the time. You know, you, you, they kind of become family at that point. You see them more than your actual family, so uh, it's, it's really awesome to be around you know, top-tier people 24-7. Um, but at the same time, I think that kind of had a little bit to do with me getting burnt out is just always chasing the top uh all the time you know i can imagine but you know i obviously never live in it i can't really you know vibe too much with like how how it must have been like you you obviously were in a um just a a deal where you had to progress and they they invested in you over time uh were there was there a lot of talk about laying out a plan for you and, and when you can go pro and and all that stuff or how how I guess aggressive was it as a star racing athlete? Um, honestly, I I wasn't even really supposed to go pro when um, I did um, just because all the injuries and stuff. But I think they really wanted me to go pro around sixteen or seventeen. Um, and then all the injuries kind of pushed that back. And then even my, my last year with them, uh, they kind of left the decision up to me. Um, they, I think they kind of wanted me to do amateurs, but at the same time, I think they wanted to see what I can do in outdoors. Uh, so they, they, they left it up to me and I, I made the decision. I felt like it kind of would have been a, a waste of time doing another year at Loretta's and it was, it was time that try things out um so yeah we made the decision and then things went from there you had some pretty gnarly injuries during that period as well with your your back you broke your back um i saw you broke your collarbone also in the same kind of span you had a your wrist right before loretta's in 21 am i missing anything i think i um let's see I, i did my collarbone i think three or four times um i did my uh, shoulder blade dislocated my elbow um my ankle thumb uh my hand and i'm sure there's probably a couple more i'm missing but those are the top ones off the top of my head so when you get that decision laid on you um they obviously you said that they wanted you to go pro before you actually did. When you get that decision yeah. handed for you and you feel like Loretta's was probably not the best direction, um, what went into that like factor for you? Were, were you just kind of like, hey, let's give this a try. I'm going to give it my all. I'm not really – my heart's kind of not in it, but it kind of is. Let's just yeah. see how it goes. It's time. Yeah. To me, it was kind of like, well, I've been doing the same thing for so many years maybe let's go pro i do really good and um you know it'll put a fire in me and i can either get re-signed or get another really good contract and i'll and i'll have that want to to keep going and um yeah that was kind of my my thought process behind it if you like looking back now obviously hindsight's 2020 but looking back now would you make that same decision um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything that, that ever happened in my career. I, I'm grateful for everything that went, that, um, that happened and I wouldn't change a thing about it. That's a good outlook. I mean, dude, you had, yeah. I mean, that summer you did, um, you had eight starts, one top 10, six top twenties. You were figuring it out. You got an eighth at Thunder Valley. Uh, how did you feel that your, your season went? Um, it actually, there's, a, there's obviously a few races you're upset with and a few races you're happy with, but it I felt like it was really starting to get good right when I got hurt at Southwick. That was um, 
I think that was my best race by far. I was like fifth or sixth when I went down. So um, I think it was on the uptrend until I got hurt, and then that kind of just set me back and kind of put me back in that spot where I was like, you know, this this sport's tough. It's mm-hmm. mentally and physically, you know. And then those last two rounds were, were kind of just, you know, I still had that in my head, and I just didn't have much effort. And, um, yeah, it just kind of was back downhill after that. You had a big one at Millville too, right, if I remember right? No, I, I was hurt for Millville. Um, that was your teammates. Huh? Th- okay. Yeah, yeah, those were uh, that was Nick and Nate getting together. That's right. I knew it was like because like when you get <laughs> there's so many you guys sometimes it's like hard to keep track yeah. of where everyone's going. But yeah. glad you weren't in that. Yeah. So, so obviously, like you said, so the sport's brutal. The the injuries did that have a big factor in the burnout? Um. Yeah, I think that's that's mostly the biggest part of it is just how gnarly the sport is, you know. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, the injuries are, I, you know, I, I probably spent more time on the couch than I did doing anything else because injuries for two or three years, it's like every time I got back on a bike I'm, within a month, you know, I was back in the hospital with, with something new. So I, I definitely think that was, that was probably the biggest part behind it. And at the end of that season, did you have talks with Star about possibly doing SX and this year, or did it, was it um, kind of just over at that point? Um, I had talked to Bobby a little bit, um, not too crazy. I think at that point we were kind of both ready to go our separate ways, and um, yeah, there was nothing too crazy. I kind of ask them what their um, thought process was or where they were thinking about doing. But besides that, that's about it. Did you have any offers with other teams? Um, nothing in, in actual contract wise, but, um, I think like bar X, um, I think HEP, and then um, I got a call to do a fill-in for PC whenever they, they needed some guys a few months after. Okay, yeah. Not, did you actually uh, go out for that tryout, or did you just uh, not go? No, I was, at, the, at that point, I was kind of three, four, maybe more months off the bike, and the... Uh, it just, there was really no point in me, even if I was in shape, it was kind of just, you know, nothing, no reason for me to go out there and lose the job that I've got now to go race for a few weekends and then come back home and try to find, you know, try to find something else. Uh, I think it would have been cool to do, uh, looking back at it, but um, there wasn't much interest for me in, in even trying to work something out. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's our, it's all right because look, you, it seems like you're thriving right now at home, being at home around family yeah. and friends and you know, you got to, to live your dream, um, growing up. I mean, at one point you were super into it and then you got really good at it and then teams got behind you and supported you and, and now you're. Yeah. You realize like, hey, like there's another part to life and now I'm I'm happy cuz I'm at home with with the people that I love. So, that's also cool too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was like I said, I don't I don't regret none of it. I'm I'm very grateful for everything I had and I think it's it's made me the person I am today and um just the the work ethic you get from being a motocross rider at at that level it, it doesn't compare to anything else, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm loving being back home, being around family, and kind of just living a different lifestyle. And uh, what are you doing for work now? Uh, I'm a machinist. I um, we build like uh, parts for oil filled rigs and stuff. Oh, nice! That's super important, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
No, that's cool. That's I'm I'm glad you're you're thriving at home and just doing what you want. But you know, it was kind of cool looking in. You know, your social media has obviously been stagnant because you don't have the Insta bangers to post really. But like, I think I think you post like three times or six times in the past year, which is cool. You're busy, but yeah. but when you put that picture of your bike up at first. And it was like the, the Honda and it was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like yeah. he's back in. Um, yeah. Did you just buy that for, for just local racing or did you actually have a plan to, to kind of try Supercross out? Uh, at first it was kind of like, you know, maybe let's see what we can maybe do. Um, I was like, I'll get, I'll get this together and I'll go do the pro challenge. See how that goes. If I have fun, then, We'll figure something out, and if there's a race next season, we'll go. We'll go race next weekend. Um, but I, I did the pro challenge and kind of just put that together within a, a couple weeks' time, and did it and enjoyed being there, but then enjoy the racing part. So I said, "Heck, we'll keep the bike, and whenever I want to ride it, I'll have it in the garage." And that was kind of that. And then my favorite interaction with you—it's—it's not like my only interaction with you, but. I literally had to, when you put the bike up for sale, I had to go in and do uh, some reporting on, because you, 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 you call yourself a comedian on your Instagram page and you had people believing that you were coming back for triumph. What else did you have? You you were saying all kinds of funny stuff. Uh, You name it, triumph, beta, (laughs) um, going 450, uh, next weekend, just, just anything anybody can say, they believe it, and I love it. I just any any way I can make somebody's day laugh, and anything I'll I'll say it on Instagram. I I got no filter or anything, so I know I like that. And and the four fifty was actually yeah. believable at the time because um, I mean there was guys coming out that haven't raced in ten years that were that were coming out to the races. Yeah. So I actually kind of believe that yeah. one. So I had to make sure. Yeah, no, it uh, it all actually was very believable. I had like close friends calling me and everything and asking if I was serious. And I was like, "You should know, you should know me better than that." But <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good few days of of laughs for me. We need more of that. Like when um, so I've talked to Levi Kitchen about this. Um, he's yeah. he's been on the pod. He said that you're actually the ringleader of their you know, savage Instagram comments and posts and things like that. Like you're the leader of it's him, you and Romano. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of the pioneer of the photo dumps. Yeah. Okay. I, I can, I'll stand behind I that. Think, yeah. I think if you actually look up photo dumps, like a picture of me comes up like as creator. <laughs> yeah. And then the caption is life lately. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Yeah, well, but, but, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, you haven't been posting as much, so Kitchen said that, that the Instagram group is dead because I was trying to join it, and he said that I have to ask you to yeah. be a part of the group because I, I, like, I really appreciate what you guys bring to the table. It's it's hard not being around them every day to, you know, get real content. Um so I think we could work out as, as you get the content and I'll come up with the captions. Oh, yeah. Pictures are hard to get, to be honest. Um, they are. So. Especially especially good ones, like uh, not like, like dirt bike photos, but just like day in the life photos. I know what like you mean. Really like, like half zoomed in iPhone, like just like a little blurry, but not too blurry. There's a lot that goes into it. You'd be surprised. It sounds like it, and I'm I am cut out for it. like I can, I can learn anything, but it, it's the comments with it. Like it's it's you guys just yeah. ripping people apart in the comments or just saying like one word. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that took years of practice. Okay. honestly, um, I might start at like a training class. Um, okay. Like you know, Instagram has like the uh, the premium subscriptions thing that everybody's been doing. Yeah, I don't understand it yet, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand it either. But I could, I could perhaps like start a like a subscription based like training class. 
You should get some, you know, some side cash going. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt at all. You know, this the dirt bike money's not hitting anymore, so mm. it's uh, it's been a, it's been a struggle. Well, here, <laughs> no, you know, joking, can we but... at least like get more comments on Instagram and just bring the group back? And can I just join it? I'll work on it. I'll work on it. But yeah, you can definitely get in on the group. Um, oh, sweet. I'm still trying to figure out like a like a a name haven't really came to that yet but um yeah you're definitely in thank you like that i've been trying to i've been working on this for months kitchen said it's dead and i said i'm not gonna give up we need a revamp it's it's definitely dead but i i do see a comeback coming very soon uh it's just i gotta wait for the right timing that's really all it's about is, is timing yeah we need to get in the the group chat going is that still a thing? Is it? Um, uh, the group chat's been dead for for probably about two years now. Before I even uh, hung up the boots, and we kind of just took the group chat to Instagram comments. Oh, okay, so if I put all you guys in one group chat, it would you just would probably ignore it. Um, I mean, you'd probably get like two or three messages, and then yeah, maybe like a like a funny Instagram video. But I feel like it would kind of maybe revive the um, Instagram comments for sure. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I, I just feel like I'm showing my age a little bit with, with the group chat. Like, no one really uses that anymore. And I'm just trying to figure out a way to be more in touch, you know, I guess. Yeah, group chats group chats were really big. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think they are starting to die off a little bit because um, it's been a while since since one's been popping off for sure. Well, how else do you keep up with people if you don't message them? Uh, Xbox. I, I, I mean, I got an Xbox. I don't if, really play it too much, but... Yeah, if, if I talk to anybody in the sport anymore, it's, it's on strictly Xbox. Oh, okay. Are you in yeah. tune with what's going on? Do you pay attention? Um, yes and no. Um, not as much as I'd like, but I watch races and stuff. So did, uh, I still talk to talk to most of the guys, and but besides that, I don't I don't watch everything like I used to for sure. That's that's good to hear. You're still in touch with with um you know your friends from the sport, and I mean yeah. like this this playoff thing. Like I, I don't know. Do you have you watched any of that? Uh, yeah, I've been watching uh, the past two weekends. It's, uh, I think it's a cool idea. I think they didn't execute on the tracks quite right, but it's, uh, it's fun to watch. That's for sure. Okay. Just wasn't sure with, um, I mean, obviously we all live busy lives. I have to report on it. So it's like, it's always interesting to see who, if you do get out of the sport or you, you know, you, you do something else with your life. If, if you actually pay attention to it more or less, I guess. And... Um, I mean, actually watching the races, I probably pay attention more, but just like everything behind the scenes, I've, I've kind of, um, left out on, uh, I still talk to, like you said, Levi and Nick every once in a while. Um, and then a few guys on Xbox, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still talk to my close friends from the sport and keep up with watching the races, but that's about it. No, that's cool. No, I, I think, um, I mean, there's obviously once you're you're so involved in something, it's hard to move on. But it seems like you're pretty, you're pretty happy with the way things have gone. And I mean, honestly, you had a successful career in in the sport, and you got to leave it on your own terms. So, I feel like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've. Uh, I've everything's definitely kind of gone as I've wanted to go ever since. Um, every, every once in a while I'd be like, I wonder how it would have went if, if this went this way or everything. But uh, by the end of it, I, I come to be happy with where I'm at. And, um, yeah, I definitely, um, happy with everything. Would you ever rule out, a comeback of sorts, maybe. 
in the future, like in a couple years or something like that? Absolutely not. If if I ever got the drive to do it, I I definitely would uh, give it a shot and try to get help where I could and try to make something work. If, but as of right now, that's just not there. But if mm-hmm. it did, yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so there's still a chance. That's good. That's good news for guys like me. So we'll hold yeah, on to that. There's a slim chance, but if if it ever did happen, I I definitely would uh, 100% give it a go. Do you ever get tired of um, the the? I guess I feel weird asking this question, but like the the actor Matt LeBlanc, do you ever get tired of the comments about it and the same name? Does it get old? No, I've started telling people he's my dad. Oh, nice. I figured you would probably you know do something like that. Yeah, no. It, when I was younger, I, I think I got upset about it, and now if somebody asks me uh, if it's my dad, I kind of just go along with it for a little bit. But um, no, I don't. I think it's I think it's pretty cool and funny now. I think back when I was younger, I I, uh, I cared a little bit, but not anymore. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, what if that was your dad? Like, that would be some good money to like you know be around. He likes he now likes dirt bikes. Now that you said, I really don't look like my my alleged dad. Oh. So there could be a chance. There could be. He likes but dirt bikes, so you never know. I I was actually supposed to go ride with him one time. Are you serious? Yeah, I, when I was on like sixty fives or eighty fives, um, it was supposed to get set up to where I was supposed to go ride with them uh, one weekend, and it, it didn't fall through. But yeah, that was pretty crazy. That would, have been, that would have been really cool if that happened. That would have been insane. Like, could you imagine? We should set this up. Like, at least one point in your life. <laughs> just just a comeback for a weekend ride day with Matt LeBlanc. Verb, verb platinum. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc <laughs> times two. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, no, that would be... Uh, I'd make a comeback for that. I think Wes would be down for that, too. I'd uh, I'd definitely make a comeback for that. Okay. Well, let me. If, you, if you if you can make that happen, you'll see that red Honda out there. I'd be a hero too. I think, I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wow. This is yeah. I need to work on. I don't know his agent, and I don't know if you know anybody, but we'll have to get get on this because I won't. I'm trying to think of who was supposed to get us in contact um i'll i'll message you i'll figure it out eventually and i'll message it to you but um yeah i can't think of it off the top of my head but my parents will definitely know i'll figure it out and message you awesome that's insane all right that's cool i'm glad we had this chat about that uh i I do want to leave on a on a high note here what is your all-time favorite race in your life that you've been a part of all-time favorite race like a come from behind or like a special loretta's championship or just anything um loretta's 2021 was was pretty special to me uh because i had just gotten hurt right before it and coming into it everybody's expectations and everything were you know maybe i'll finish in the top 10 and then i went in there and, and won both classes uh so i think that was that was probably like when I think of like a race. That's probably the first one that pops up. That's cool. You had a lot of good races there. You know, six time Loretta's champ. Yeah, yeah, definitely six uh, time Loretta's and and Minios. Minios, I feel like would be more fun just because it's less pressure and it's Florida in the winter time. I just I was really good at Minios. Uh, there was like a couple years. I think there was like two or three years in a row where I lost like one moto. I don't know what it was about Minios, but I just always seemed to do really good there. So I always, I always had a, a good time at Minios for sure. Well, it's a good good time to come alive too because it's a fresh year and everyone can build hype around you. So Yeah, definitely. That's cool, man. Well, I appreciate the life update and all this great news about you know the revamped Instagram group and then Matt LeBlanc <laughs> Platinum. It's gonna be good. All right. <laughs>
No, I, uh, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and and uh, wanting to catch up, and it was uh, definitely good to talk to you. It was awesome, man. It was uh, my pleasure, and we're going to do more stuff together to get your name out there more because, I mean, dude, <laughs> it's – when you have personality in the sport, like, people want to hear from you, so don't be a stranger, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, well, thanks for the time and uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. Talk to you soon, man. All right. See ya. Special thanks to Matt LeBlanc for coming on and sharing his story. Uh, never had the chance to talk to him before, but sounds like he's doing really good with his new life. He doesn't really miss the grind of racing anymore. He just sounded like he was truly over it. And it's he makes you think, like, how many other guys out there are truly burnt out and over it? Because they don't say anything about it. But Matt was nice enough to, like, let us in and tell us, like, hey, dudes, like, I'm not feeling this dirt bike thing anymore. Because it's a lot, especially kids that race amateurs and you're up and coming. It's a lot. It's a grind day in and day out. And some of these top guys just might just not be into it anymore. They might just be like, hey, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. But they're in too deep. So... We'll keep unearthing stories like this, I'm sure, once we keep digging into other guys who just disappear from the sport. So, thanks to Matt LeBlanc. We're going to try to make that verb platinum happen. LeBlanc times two. And then we're going to find out if the actor Matt LeBlanc is truly Matt LeBlanc's, the writer's, real dad. So we're going to look into that. Alright, people. Here's the thank you portion. Keep it short and sweet. Thank you to my voice for not giving out on me and for finally going through puberty. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks to Bub Dog and Duke Dog for the greatest show intro of all time. Shout out to Ginger Dog, whom I'm sure that I got whatever I got going on right now from. Appreciate you for making me sick. And shout out to Slaw Dog, Chili Dog, and Bird Dog. Without you guys, I would have no one to be in charge of, you know? So, CEO life over here. Appreciate all your work, your work ethic. Shout out to Boots Dog as well. Appreciate you. Um, I'm going to return back next week with another new show. And I'm going to return with more hype, like more energy. I don't have any right now. I don't know if you can tell. I'm doing my best to keep up exciting voice and whatnot, but... Uh, I I am happy to be here, guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the listens. Thank you, people, for listening. I'll be back next week with the first off-season show of the year. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.